Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can also follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared. Today is Thursday, June 9th, 2022, and this episode covers today's best Major League Baseball bets. I'll briefly touch on the remaining games at the end of the show in extra innings. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability, hitter and pitcher projections, and I analyze weather data in order to make one pick and one pick only on every game that's played Monday through Saturday. That doesn't mean I recommend you do the same. I'm just giving you the information as to what I like the most, where my head is for each matchup. As I go through the plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to help you decide which picks you might want to play and how I recommend scaling wagers. With that in mind, please understand that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality. For any gambler, uh, Cousin Jared, you know, I say that at the beginning of every episode, you know, last week was so great. Yesterday was worse than any one day, as good as last week was, was. Um, I, 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 I just, I didn't get the request in with the props department. I was thinking about doing today's show with the bag over the head, but the props mm. department just couldn't come through in time for me to get that, get that going, you know? Yeah. So I, so I missed last week. This is the first time I've been on in two weeks. And my thinking was before yesterday, why would I not just tell you on absolutely everything? Because yeah. at that point, I, would just, I would just be rolling in it. Um, but then yesterday happened. So now I don't know if I just need to fade every pick that you make or tail every pick that you make. I mean, the world may never know. I, I did look back actually yesterday was not the worst day of the season in terms of units. We actually had a day that was slightly worse. It was the worst ROI day yesterday and also two and 11 record, um, two, two pushes, one actual push, one, one rain push, uh, the day after the other really bad day went six and four. Uh, up five units that bears okay. no meaning towards today whatsoever i mean it, it means yeah. literally nothing it's just a fun stat to talk exactly. about yeah um the thing i thought was interesting about yesterday was there were a couple of just you know tight games like every coin toss went the wrong direction um, right yep. you know the the angels and red sox play another one run game and the angels lose and and the idea there i mean we took plus odds with the angels the idea being we didn't think they'd win half the time but we thought they'd win enough in the long run and it's really tough when we talk about a lot of long run plays when you have one day because you don't get all those in one day same thing with the nats right the and i tweeted about this the plus 200 price in the nats that came down throughout the day that was way too high um that game's scoreless goes to extra innings and i mean that's a that's a and in my opinion that was a fantastic play it just didn't go away then you had several other picks that were just really off and it's tough you, you know how much of that is just one game anything can happen in baseball how much of that is things that the model needs to correct to um, it's a it's a really tough question to answer. Uh, obviously, a lot of those pitchers won't come back around for another five or six days, so there won't be even a chance yeah. to correct for some of that, uh, yeah. you know, anytime soon. Hey, well, in those two games specifically that you mentioned, the Angels and the Nats were both at such large odds that those two games, you know, go the other way, and boom, it, it's way different day. Exactly, exactly. Could have at least masked some of the other bad picks and been just a, right. a kind of a run of the mill day instead of a you know just straight lose some picks and then can't get the coin toss games. I mean, that is what it is. Um, we have, we have some work to do to get back to, to positive for this week. Uh, and we'll hopefully get rolling with that today. And before we get to that, some reminders, please hit that like button. If you're on YouTube, also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following it's free in the only way, assuming you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend. If you know others in the game, hit us up on Twitter or drop a comment. If you're on YouTube, we love those and try to re respond to as many as we can. Uh, and again, I always encourage my listeners to have multiple books in their portfolio, shop around, get good prices. I've got a couple of links in the show's description that I recommend and on the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash sportsbooks. Because let's get right to it. 
Several mini-day games today, 1235 Eastern first pitch, Diamondbacks at the Reds. A nice day in Cincinnati. It'll be about 70 degrees to start. By the end of the game, it'll be more mid-70s. Wind's blowing out pretty consistently the whole game to center field at 10 miles an hour. So you've got a pitcher's park. You've got a nice temperature day, and you've got winds blowing out to center field. I feel bad for these pitchers. I feel like this might get a little bit wild with the runs. Yeah. Zach Davies for the Diamondbacks versus Tyler Molly or Malley for the Reds. Um, these two pitchers, you know, Davies has outperformed his metrics. Um, Molly has or Malley has underperformed his metrics, and so I think that. Um, is something to keep note of here. I don't think that Davies is as good as his league average ERA, and I don't think that Mally is anywhere near as bad as that five and a half ERA he has. Also, Mally's advanced metrics very solid, so I do think, despite the ERA, you have a a fairly solid uh, pitching edge towards the Reds in this one. The model says the Reds should be a minus one forty one favorite. The price as of this morning that I'm seeing is Reds minus one thirty three. I like the Reds. I like the Reds to score. I like both teams to score, but I really don't want to go against a pitcher in Mali who has. I think is just much better than his ERA indicates. And not to say that he's great. He's just a solid pitcher. Not as good probably as he did last year, but not horrible. Um, like I said, I think there'll be a lot of runs. I like the Reds. I'm combining those, and I'm going to take the Reds team total over four and a half at minus 132. That's an A grade pick for me. Yesterday, aside, the Reds have been scoring a ton of runs, especially in that ballpark with nice weather and wind blowing out. And a pitcher in Zach Davies, I do not trust whatsoever. The Diamondbacks bullpen, also not good. I think the Reds can get to five. Don't love the odds, but I feel like there's a really good chance the Reds get to five here in this day game. They might get to five by the fourth inning, and then we can move along with life with a winner. Reds yeah. over four and a half, a great pick for me. Cousin Jared, what do you think? I am on the Reds in this situation. And like you said, the wind blowing out there, perfect scoring conditions. If this were reversed, if we were expecting a low scoring game, I would be a lot more hesitant here um, because I think that kind of plays more into what the Diamondbacks want to do and kind of how they've played all season. Uh, but with the, with the wind blowing out, like why would I bet against the Reds in this situation? They're basically the second coming of the 1927 Yankees, except they don't have any like pitching. Um, so or Hall of Fame it, hitters, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Joey Votto, I guess. You know, yeah, <laughs> but somehow, but somehow they score a lot of runs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm on the Reds here. I think the, the weather uh, makes me lean even further in that direction. Absolutely, and and I feel like we've talked about this uh, in previous episodes. Uh, again, because Jared has been a couple weeks since you've been on, so we have a lot of new people in that time frame. We t we don't talk about any of these games beforehand. We we tend to talk about one. There's like one game that we talk about ahead of time. That was this game, and I said there's a lot of things we like on this one. I'm yeah. with you 100. I like the Reds. I like this Reds team total over as well. I think both pay plays are fantastic. My gimmick, partially because it's just it would be crazy to keep records of. And my biggest thing is transparency. When we win. You see it when we when we lose. You see it. I, you know, everything just as transparent as possible. And so sticking to one pick because otherwise, just trying to just play that would just be bonkers, right? Yeah. So one pick, one yeah. pick only. I'm taking the Reds team total over, but yeah. that doesn't mean you have to only make one pick. I like the Reds money line as well. I like both of those picks um, here that we've given out to you on that Reds game. Went to Easter first pitch Cardinals at the Rays. Low scoring game in the first game of this series, a high scoring game last night. Uh, as I mentioned, I didn't really trust either one of those pitchers, and that game got out of hand fast. 
Today, we'll have much better pitching. Miles Michaelis versus Shane McClanahan. I don't know what else there is to say about McClanahan. The guy is fantastic. His advanced metrics actually pretty much align with his 210 ERA, which is very difficult to do after 11 starts. I mean, after like two, sure. But after 11, that's very difficult to do. But his FIP and XFIP are fantastic. Projection, fantastic. He's top five pitcher at this point, according to my model. I mean, again, I don't know what else there is to say about the guy. Uh, Miles Michaelis, fantastic year so far. I don't know what to make of Michaelis personally. And that's where this game gets interesting to me. His ERA is at three. His advanced metrics are not that good, but still very good. But his projection is barely better than league average. And I, I think the question you have to ask yourself is, how much is Michaelis overperforming his metrics because of the, you know, the way he pitches, you know, he's not blowing it by, he's not going to get, you know, 12 strikeouts in the game, that type of thing. How much of the projection is just pulling back off of his age, off of years past, that sort of thing. I don't, he's definitely somewhere between solid and very good. And I don't know the answer to that question. Um, and I think that really informs how you play this game. The model says raise minus 161. Potentially a slight Cardinals edge if the number gets a little bit higher. It thinks the number on the raise is too steep, but I have to say it's a really tough ask to fade McClanahan given how well he's pitching. I'm going to go under seven. A great pick for me at minus 120. I love the push protection on seven. I don't see the Cardinals scoring very much off McClanahan. And I, I lean towards, I like Michaelis. His advanced metrics are, like I said, pretty good. I, I lean more towards he's a little bit better. I think he can hold this raise offense down. I think this is a low-scoring game. You can look at the first five market as well. I think I lean under seven full game rather than under three and a half first five. If the full game drops to six and a half, then I'd rather have first five under three and a half. So that's just to keep keep in mind based off what you're seeing and how the number moves. But my favorite play on this one, I think under seven, minus 120, a great pick. I think it's low scoring. I don't think the Cardinals score much. I think Michaelis is good enough to keep the Rays from scoring too many runs. I expect a game more like the first game of this series that we had on Tuesday than yesterday's game. Because, Jared, what do you think? So copy-paste everything you just said uh, for, for me. Uh, but the way that I'm playing this one is I'm actually going to take the Cardinals uh, – first five innings, like plus 159. And and I think you're perfect. Like everything you said was great there. I think Michaelis, he's not getting the respect he deserves. And and to me, this is just like, and don't get me wrong, I'm not bashing McClanahan either. He, he's he's really, really good. Yeah. But I, I think just the number is not aligned here. Um, you know, the, the first five number is basically the same, uh, you know, for the first five as it is for the Rays to win the game. And so that's telling me that like the market saying that the Cardinals bullpen is just as good as the Rays, which I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. Anyway, Michaelis's stats, it, I think there is a great opportunity that this game is 1-1 after five or, you know, 2-1 or, or something like that. And I think that the Rays or excuse me, the, the Cardinals have a really good chance to, you know, either be even with them or, or maybe somehow come out one run ahead. I just don't think the odds are aligning um, there with what might actually happen. So I, I see a lot of value there. So I'm taking the Cardinals first five plus 159. And I agree with you there. Another way to look is that the Cardinals first five run line is plus 105 right now. And so that would give you the win 
if they're tied 0-0-1-1, that sort of game as well. So it's another way to look. People always ask, you know, run line, money line, which one has a better edge? Most of the time, it's basically the same. So if you want to split your wager there, if you just want to play a little more conservative uh, and take the plus 105 and cover yourself on the tie, or if you want the bigger odds, I'm with you. It can easily be one nothing, one one something like that. A lot of value there on the Cardinals' first five, uh, whichever way you decide to play that one. Uh, that's because of Jared's pick, and then I am under seven full game for an A grade there. Two ten Eastern first pitch Phillies at the Brewers. A wild game last night. Nola looked fantastic. Uh, Phillies bats keep going. I mean, this was one that he said, just take everything I said yesterday and just throw that out the window on that game. Um, Hauser's been a pitcher that's been, you know, up and down and. It's like every time I start to believe in him and I'm like, hey, he's actually not bad or whatever. He looks bad. And then I say he's not good and he starts looking good. I've, I've zigged and zagged on that guy, um, you know, every, you know, all season, all last season too, I feel like. Uh, today it'll be Zach Eflin versus, versus Corbin Burns. I don't think the Phillies will have the same success off of Burns as they did Hauser. Uh, Burns, fantastic this season. Projects right in that same neighborhood as McClanahan. Not quite as good a numbers, but still fantastic season. A fantastic pitcher. There's not a lot else to say about this. We know this guy is really good. Eflin's a pitcher who projects right around exactly where his ERA is. His admits metrics actually better. I think there's a little bit of upside here on Eflin. I think he's maybe a little bit better than he's performed. I like both of these pitchers. I still don't trust the Phillies bullpen. I think we may have a game that's like two to two going to extra innings. And then at that point, I don't want any piece of weird bullpen shenanigans. The Brewers bullpen has two amazing pitchers. And that's the only good bullpen pitchers, I think, on either team, it seems like these days. And so I don't want to mess with bullpens. I'm going first five. I love under four at minus 125, a grade pick for me there. With regards to the side, model says Brewers minus 152 offers no edge. I don't really think it matters. I think it's tough to lay too big of a price with the with the Brewers because I like Eflin, but I sure don't want to fade Burns. So I'm staying away from the side completely. Point first five under four. A little bit of juice, but I think it's worth it there to get that push protection on four. This number should be three and a half, maybe even closer to three, in my opinion. I don't see any runs. Like I said, I really like both these pitchers. A great pick for me, Cousin Jared. What do you think? So we say this every time I'm on. This is a long season. And, you know, you, you got to kind of go through the ups and downs of, of the entire season. But we've got two months now, and I'm probably about one game from saying I'm completely done with the Phillies for the rest of the year. <laughs> I, I've, already, I've already said that, that they just give me a heart attack. Every time I've played them, I've completely regretted it. Every time I stayed away, it's ended up being a great decision. I, I was on the Brewers last night, and, of course, I look, I look like an idiot. So uh, for today, I'm done with the Phillies. Not, not messing with this game. I, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable – Either way, and I'm going to be happy when I'm not getting a text at whatever time that something crazy happened in the Phillies. Thankfully, it's a day game, so it wouldn't be like, you know, them out in the West Coast wouldn't be a 10, 10, 10 p.m. Game. Yeah, that, that literally, that is why I didn't play them against the Dodgers one time, because I did right. not want to be getting right. a text at 10, 11 p.m. or something. <laughs> yeah. so. All right, all right. Uh, 210 Eastern first pitch, Dodgers at the White Sox. A nice day in Chicago. We'll be in the mid to upper 70s for the whole game. Wind's blowing out to left center or center field at 10 to 15 miles an hour. I really wanted to take an under on this game, but this weather has me a little bit nervous. Um, there's some theories around what's happening with the ball. Again, we don't know, and we have no proof that that they're using some of previous year's balls. We have no proof they're not, and they say they aren't, but they've literally lied to us before, and then we've had people investigate and uncover the fact that they do weird things with the balls. 
and they change them up at different times. So I don't know if that's leading to the more scoring. I don't know how much it's weather, right? I've long said from the very beginning, I said weather matters a lot and people underestimate that. The humidor, how they're, you know, are they figuring out better ways to store the ball? They were talking about some of the balls being flat. It's been because they were stored in different ways. So, I mean, there's, we just don't really know. What we do know, scoring is up. Weather has a big effect and weather might have an outsized effect on this ball is one possibility. And if so, as much as I want to go under on this game, wind's blowing out 10 to 15 miles an hour and upper 70 degree temperatures by the end of the game. I can't bring myself to touch the total on this one. Instead, I'll look to a side here in a game featuring Tyler Anderson and Dylan C. Cease is obviously really good. Uh, advanced metrics line up pretty well with his ERA, projects to be a very good pitcher. Maybe not quite in the same tier as Burns and McClanahan, but how many pitchers are in that tier? Anderson is a pitcher who has really good numbers and okay advanced metrics, but the model does not believe in him yet. So I think the White Sox have a pretty good starting pitcher edge in this one. And with that in mind, I'm going to go first five White Sox at plus one and a, 105. An A grade pick for me. This first five is very much a toss-up, in my opinion. The Dodgers obviously have the better offense. The White Sox offense is a little bit weaker without Anderson, obviously. But I really think the edge the White Sox have in the starting pitcher department here is pretty big. Now, when it gets to the bullpens, that's a different story. And that's why I want the first five, because I don't want to deal with the fact that the Dodgers bullpen is better than the White Sox bullpen. But I really think it's a toss-up. The White Sox are at home. When Cease gets rolling, I could easily see him going five or six shutout innings. And at that point, at least we don't lose. The White Sox may not score. But we know the White Sox are really right-handed heavy, and thus they hit left-handed pitchers really well. Tyler Anderson, a lefty. Model doesn't really believe in him. Solid season so far. I think he's probably gotten a little boost from being with the Dodgers, and you know they kind of know how to help pitchers out. I think he's you know better than years past, but – I don't think he's as good as the numbers indicate. I think the White Sox just have a pretty big edge here starting pitcher-wise. I'm taking them first five at the plus odds. Plus 105, A-grade pick for me on the south side of Chicago in the afternoon. Cousin Jared, what do you think? Completely agree with everything you said. And for me, this is exactly like the Cardinals in the Rays game, where I just don't think that Cease is getting kind of the respect that, that he deserves. And this feels like a complete toss-up in the first five innings. So like you said, White Sox at home getting plus odds there uh, with Cease in the first five. I think that's a great pick. I am on the White Sox first five as well. All right. And that brings us to the night game, 7-10 Eastern first pitch, Athletics at the Guardians. No rain in Cleveland. I can't believe I'm saying that. We've got 70-degree <laughs> temperature to start with, uh, about mid-60s to close. 5 to 10-mile-an-hour wind out slash across to right field. Slight difference there on if it's going to be blowing more out or more across, so something to keep an eye on there weather-wise with regards to a total. James Capriellen versus Connor Pilkington. Capriellen, bad ERA, bad advanced metrics, bad projection. I mean, just not a pitcher you want to back in any way, shape, or form. Pilkington is a pitcher I really like. Um, great ERA this year. And advanced metrics not far behind it. I think he's um, fairly solid. I'm confused as to what the Guardians have done with their pitchers, why they didn't let Pilkington go in that double hitter, why they used McCarty, who was a clearly inferior pitcher, when they – didn't need them for the way the rest lined up and then using Bieber last night in a game that you knew was going to be wonky. Uh, why, if they saved Pil I thought the whole point of saving Pilkington was for him to go last night when you knew he might only get four anyway, and he's probably only going to go four or five and then save Bieber for this. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter because we're here and I think Pilkington's <laughs> a much better pitcher than Capriellen, but it's definitely some interesting strategy. 
Model thinks Guardians minus 183. I'm on the Guardians at minus 178. It's about as high as I want to go for an A grade. If it gets into the minus 180s, it drops to a B. This is my limit pretty much on the number. I really like the Guardians, though. I think they're the much better team. They have the better – they have an average offense, which is much better than the A's. They have an average bullpen, which is much better than the A's. They have an average pitcher going today, which is much better than the A's. They're at home. Everything points to the Guardians. I think this number should be closer to minus 200 than the minus 178. Like I said, anything in the minus 180s is a B grade, even maybe the low minus 190s. At around 200, I think that's where it's a pass and you've lost all its value. I think the model's short on the Guardians. I think they should be bigger favorites than they are by a decent amount. A grade pick for me on Cleveland. Cousin Jared, what do you got? So, you know, by the way, I think the Guardians have played like eight less games than most They have. They've had a ton of rainouts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Capriellen guy, I'm yeah. sure his parents love him. <laughs> He, I'm nervous where this is going. Yeah, like, that's the most I can say. He's, he's not yeah. very good. When I see stats like he has, I yeah. like to check baseball reference and stuff and go back and like check some of the other metrics they have and be like, yeah. you know, how, how real is this? Because that's, that's your thing to do. I, I don't really do that as much. Uh, when I see something that bad, though, it catches my attention. I went and checked it out. and Yeah, it checks out. He's not very good. Um, so this is completely a fade uh, of him. Uh, anybody who, who's watched this show for any length of time, especially at the beginning of the season, knows that I, I love to play the A's at those long odds because, uh, yeah. you know, they're going to win 60 to 70, 75 games, um, but not this one. So I, I'm on the Guardians as well. Yeah, I think when you get these plus odds with the A's, it makes sense to play them when they've got something in their advantage, in their favor, right? When yeah, it's, yeah. you know, they're also facing a really bad offense or they're also facing a really bad pitcher or – you know, something like that. There's got to be some reason. And and you're right. We've yeah. definitely played the A's at some plus odds, but tonight is not that night. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, everything points to the guardians here. It's all about price. We don't want to play a price. that's too high. Cause it's not a good long-term play, but I still think this price is short here. Um, Cause Jared, you agree with me on that one. Yeah. And, uh, and then just a side note, just right. So we always, just to make sure we're all on the same page, we're clear here, right? James Capriellan is a much better pitcher than you and I, right? I mean, he's a very good yes. athlete, a very good player. Like, I don't want to disparage yeah. that. And he's accomplished something that all of us as yeah. kids, you know, wanted to accomplish. So, you know, props to him. It's just, it's tough when you compare him to other really great players. It's like, yeah. when we say he's really bad, it's like, we're only, we're just comparing him to like the literal best of the best, but uh, obviously yeah. no disrespect to him. He would, you know, destroy us in any baseball company. Yeah. He probably, he, as a pitcher, he probably still hits infinitely better than any of the rest of us too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. But yes, for major league caliber, it's tough to, it's tough to really support what he's doing out there. 720 Eastern first pitch Pirates at the Braves. Nice night in Atlanta. We'll be in the low 80s to start, mid 70s to close. Winds blowing out around 10 miles an hour to center field. So a little bit of a boost to the bats there. JT Brubaker versus Max Freed. I swear Max Freed started the season slow. I'm, I'm certain I remember that, but you look at his numbers and they are fantastic. Advanced metrics, fantastic. Yeah. Just putting it together here and having a great season. Maybe I'm crazy on that, but I mean, he, he's been um great at least of late overall the season just fantastic not much to say about him other than a fantastic pitcher uh brubaker on the other hand you know a 47 era his projection is closer to league average run-of-the-mill type pitcher going up against a pretty good braves offense the model the model says braves minus 246 I and mean, that's what <laughs> the pi the pirates are are bad. I think I was seeing yesterday, I was looking at Pythagorean records, and I think the Pirates might be like one of the – with Pythagorean record, I think the Pirates might be the worst team in baseball. And and I watched that game yesterday against the Tigers, and 
Thado was throwing like 93 mile an hour fastballs down the middle that didn't really have much movement. And the Pirates batters were just swinging right through it. And I'm like, I don't, not again, not that I could hit that, right? I want to make sure we're clear on that. But it, it's a situation where it's like, I don't under, their offense is just so terrible. Um, they have a couple of decent pitchers, but I don't see how they score off of Freed. The Braves offense is very good. Um, I think it's a situation where the, the Braves are by far the better team. I'm taking them on the run line, minus 133. It's a B-grade pick specifically because the um, – I, I don't I don't like laying that, those types of odds on the run line. The model doesn't think there's a huge edge. So it's one that I can't be overly confident in. Uh, but, I mean, the Braves just – the Braves are the right side on this one, right? Like there's it's hard to see how the Pirates do anything. This feels kind of like a game like last night with the Braves in Oakland, where they just, you know, they just crush them. Whether it's off Brewbreaker, off, off one of the weaker relievers, I looked at team totals, but the team totals for the Pirates is two and a half, and for the Braves is five and a half. And I mean, you kind of just see that and you're like, they probably should win by more than a run there, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm on the Braves minus one and a half. I don't love the odds at minus one thirty three, and that's why it's only a B pick for me, cousin Jared. What do you think? So I, when I was looking at this game, I, I kind of. I, I agree with everything that you said. The one thing that kind of concerns me is like the Pirates aren't very good, but they, they seem to play a bunch of close games. They lose most of them, but they, they play a lot of these games close. I went to the first five market to see if we could find some value there like we usually like to do. And I it's Braves minus 245 in, in the first five. So there, there's basically no and, in that. And if you take the Braves to win the first five on the run line, you're still laying minus 160. I mean. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just – yeah, it's 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 very steep. Um, you and I have texted about this. I just don't like run lines that much. I have to feel really strongly about it. And here, I, I just don't quite feel strongly enough to get there. So this is a pass for me. Definitely, the Braves are the right side. If by some miracle this lines come down, line comes down throughout the day, obviously it's something I'm interested in. I don't see that happening. Uh, so I'm just going to stay away from this one. And, and at some point, when you start talking about those big plus odds sometimes that number comes back down because it's like, whoa, they went too far. And you saw that with the Nationals mm. game last night. They hung that number in the morning. I saw it. A bunch of other people saw it and were like, whoa, like plus 200, plus 190 on the Nats. That's too high. And, and, and so we got to bring it down, right? And and there's a lot of people out there who will just blindly trust the models. And they will say, I'm, I'm it's a long-term play. It's a long season. And they'll say, I got to take those big odds. But I'm telling you, there's no model that I can find for you that's going to say, the pirates are a smart player unless you get to numbers higher than this. And that's the thing is um, I'm like, you like, Hey, if the number, if it's a miracle, the number comes down, but like, I don't see how you find a model that says pirates plus two twenties a good play here. Right. Pirates plus two fifty, maybe pirates plus two seventy. Sure. Like they yeah. probably aren't going to win, but long-term, you know, you don't have to win very many of those to be profitable, but pirates plus two twenty, as much as I love big plus odds, it's like, that's still just not a smart play. It's only smart once the, the price gets up even higher. So I'm like, you if the, if, for some reason, there are people who disagree with that and that start backing the Pirates inexplicably. That <laughs> it makes the yeah. Braves a, a much more exciting play. But yeah, minus two fifty five or even this run line is not exciting. That's why it's only a B grade. I think the Braves are the right side, but yeah. it's not great value. And yep. again, we're all we're all about the value here. Seven forty Eastern first pitch Yankees at the Twins mid seventies to start around seventy to close. Slight breeze blowing out. It'll be around five miles an hour to start the game and die down as it fades. Garrett Cole versus Dylan Bundy. Uh, I mentioned this before. Cole really figured it out the last several starts after the rough, you know, first three or four. Um, 
just slowly climbing back to that elite status that we're used to seeing with him. Bundy, probably not as bad as his five and a half ERA, but I don't think he's that much better than it. I mean, this is a huge starting pitcher mismatch. Model says Yankees minus 175. The Twins are an interesting team because, like, how many games this season have the Twins had their full offense with COVID issues and injury issues? You know, Correa's been out multiple times. Buxton's been out. So I don't really know what to make of the Twins. We talked about it previously, right? Their schedule's been a little weaker. Model maybe indicates a slight edge on the Twins. I yeah, I just it's really hard for me to pull the trigger there and back Dylan Bundy, who I don't think is good, versus Garrett Cole, who I think we all know is good. So I'm staying away from the side on this one. I'm going to the twins team total under three and a half. I hate those odds. That's why it's only a B pick. Minus 148 is stupid, but I just don't see the twins scoring more than three. If you can go twins under three at something like minus 110, maybe you push at three. I think that's a better investment if you have that option. At two and a half, I just hate going under two and a half, but I mean, plus odds at two and a half might make sense. I'm just a little bit more nervous at two and a half because of the fact that the Twins have some offensive pieces when they actually all get together and play. As it is at three and a half, I think the Twins don't score four or more. I just hate those odds at minus 140. That's why it's only a B pick. I can't be that confident given the odds, the price that we have to pay. Cousin Jared, what do you think? Yeah, so I originally wanted to take the Twins in this spot. That's what the model says about, you know, we were seeing plus 187, something like that. That that said it was value on the Twins. And I was going to pull the trigger there because I was recalling, like like you mentioned, Cole having kind of that up and down beginning of the season. And I was like, well, he could walk, you know, four guys and yeah. give up a home run. That's what he was and, doing those first few starts, yeah. Yeah, and so we definitely see that here. And then I dug into the numbers, and he's just been lights out the past couple of starts and, and, and kind of doing pretty well with his walks, lots of strikeouts, not giving up those home runs. When he's on like that, I'm just not going to fade him. And, yeah. and obviously, even more so than that, um, I, I think part of the reason why I didn't realize he'd been playing so well lately is because I'm just mad that the Yankees are really good. And, and they so they're the, really the, good. The model's record fading the Yankees is not good. So <laughs> I am just going to stay away from this game. First instinct was to play the Twins, uh, but there has been nothing that seems like that would pay off for me in, in recent history. So I am going to just completely stay away from this one. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's Every team has a price. And there is a price that we should all back the Twins at, right? You just got to figure out what that price is for you. That's where the model is supposed to help yeah. us out, right? And the model says 175 is your buy point on either team. But, you know, we don't have to even, even hypothetically, hypothetically, if you trusted the model 100%, you still don't have to buy at that price. You can always say, I want a buffer off of it, right? And the question is for every game, how big of a buffer do you want? In this situation, it's not that I think minus 175 is a bad number. Because like I said, this Twins offense can put it together. We saw it last night when they're all healthy. They're, they're a solid offense. And, and the game's in Minnesota. So, I mean, I, it's not that I think 175 is a bad number. It's just the buffer that I need to back right. Bundy and fade Cole. It's just much higher. It's just my buy point on them isn't 175. My buy point on them is if it gets to plus 200, maybe that's too good to pass up just because the two to one, you know, is, is such a, you know, yeah. such a good payout. But and 187 just doesn't do it for me. I don't think the Twins score. I'm going Twins under three and a half. I think the only chance the Twins have is if Bundy pitches well, and I don't want to put my faith in that. Um, I don't see the Twins scoring. Maybe they win a game 
two to one. Bundy pitches fantastic. That's on the table. And if the odds get high enough, maybe you gamble that you, you know you get that outcome. But personally, with how good the Yankees bats are, I'm I don't want to be invested in that <laughs> personally. Eight ten Eastern first pitch Orioles at the Royals. Cousin Jared, I'm just I'm reminded we we have a segment called in the college football season, right? You don't have to watch them to make the monies. And there's a <laughs> yeah. lot of college football games like that, especially on yeah. Saturday. There's like 40 games, you know, and it's like, hey, there's a lot of games you can invest in, and you don't have to watch them. Go watch the more exciting, the more fun games, yeah. right? This is for sure one of those games. You do not want to watch this game. This is going to be some bad baseball here. Weather-wise, it'll be nice if you're in Kansas City. You want to go enjoy? Go go out and enjoy the you know. The ambiance of Kauffman Stadium is beautiful. One yeah. of the top five parks in baseball, in my opinion. Uh, you know, upper 70s to start, low 70s to close. You know, maybe a slight breeze, but nothing nothing really major there. I mean, a fantastic night. Just enjoy, you know, your family, your friends or whatever. You know, have a beer if that's a thing you do. You know, uh, but, but baseball-wise, this is going to be not good. Yeah. <laughs> not good yeah. at all. Jordan Lyles versus Chris Bubik. Uh, Bubik, a 9.33 ERA. Oof. Now that's only in 18 innings, um, but let me tell y'all, uh, his advanced metrics, um, not that much better, still among the worst in the league. Doesn't project as bad as that, but I tell you, this is a guy who I do not want any part of whatsoever. Of course, the Orioles offense, I don't think is very good either. So I have no idea how many runs the Orioles will score. This is the unstoppable force meets the you know immovable <laughs> object or whatever the old saying is. Yeah. Um, on that, on that, you know, when the Royals are out on the on the mound, the relievers for the Royals not any better. Orioles could score one run, and I'd be like, well, their offense is awful. They could score ten, I'd be like, yeah, the Royals pitchers are awful. I have no idea. Um, Jordan Lyles get the ball for the Orioles, a pitcher we've backed, solid advanced metric. We talked about him yesterday before that rainout was a pitcher I was backing with regards to a first five under and a better pitching matchup yesterday. Uh, but a pitcher that I, I think is, I think Jordan Lyles is the best thing in this game. <laughs> which is crazy to say, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, there's probably some young hitter, right? Somewhere. But I mean, unit wise, when you talk about offense as a whole, when you talk about starting pitchers and relievers, I think of those six pieces, right? Each team's offense, each team's starter and each team's bullpen. I think Jordan Lyles is the best thing happening in this game. Um, I'm going to go Royals under four and a half, a great pick for me. I think the Orioles bullpen has overperformed this season. I don't think they're as good as they've looked, but I don't think they're as bad as the projection is either. I think they're okay. Lyles, I think, again, I think he's the best thing in this game. The Royals offense, I do not trust whatsoever. I don't see how they get to five runs. Royals under four and a half, minus 110 odds, a great pick for me here. Um, but don't watch this game, people. This is <laughs> Yeah, so I so I completely agree with with Lyles being the only decent part of, of this game. So with that being said, my initial thought was I was going to back the Orioles. Saw the price there. The model says the value is actually on the Royals. So the opposite the, of the way I was going to go. If we were in college football season, I would have no problem overruling the model because I feel good about what I know there. I don't feel good enough to overrule the the, the baseball model here. So my initial thought was was Orioles, but the model disagrees with me. So for me, that's just stay away and and not even including the fact like I don't I don't trust either. <laughs> these teams yeah, like, sure. I, like i know i don't want to watch the game i don't yeah. want to be interested in this game so I, i'm just gonna stay away yeah and like i said i don't think the royals get to five i think the royals score maybe three runs this game and and the orioles could score one or ten and 
I have yeah. no idea. And, and right now, the, the price on the money line is minus 105 on each side. It's all about the price, right? I'm with you. My first thought was Orioles, too. Um, it's just a situation that it goes back to what I was saying about the price. Like, the Orioles still – I mean, the Royals are bad, right? Don't get me wrong. They are very yeah. bad. The Orioles are also bad. It's really tough to take minus odds on a bad team – yeah. With a yeah. mediocre starter. Now, again, I think that's still, he's still better than everything else, but still a media, yeah. you know, bad team, mediocre starter, bad offense on the road and minus odds. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm like you. Like, I thought, I was thinking Orioles too, but I'm like, I just, I just can't go minus 105. Like, that's, that's just, one of those, yeah. It's like if the model agreed with me there, I would do it because like the model sees something, but like as, right. A, a person not a computer everything you just said is like well why the hell would i do this like it's one yeah. of those you make the bet and you feel like an idiot when it yeah. doesn't work out so it's to me it's just it's just not worth it and, and yeah I, I don't know about you i feel like there's one of those every night that like i make the pick you know i like i i forget about it i go about my day you know afternoon comes around night comes around i turn on the tv I start watching game and i'm like why did i do that so i'm glad i caught yeah. myself on this one my, again, yeah. my first thought was like orals but again i would i would turn this on and they would have been, you know, Bubik and his 933 ERA is going to go five shutout or something. And I would have been like, what, yeah, what, the yeah. Orioles are, I kind of thought that about the Tiger. And I, I tweet, I commented about this uh, to someone in the video, right? Talking about, you know, Fado and I still don't believe in him or whatever, but I was like, you know, maybe I just didn't consider how bad the Pirates offense was. And I feel like that's the same yeah. thing here. Like Bubik is very bad, but like the Orioles offense is bad too. Yeah. Going to be an ugly game. I don't think the Royals score. I have no idea if the Royals do. So all that rambling to say, Royals under four and a half. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like nothing else in this game. I don't yeah. want any other action yeah. in that one. Yeah. And that'll take us to everybody's favorite team, the Angels. I mean, if you don't have a hot take on the Angels, because I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some time here to think through it. But I mean, Cousin Jared, if you don't have a hot take on the Angels, you might be the only person in America not to. I mean, the the you know Ward being injured now, Rendon being injured, Trout now being injured, not to the IL at least yet. They could obviously back David if needed. Firing Madden, I mean, you know, then the whole thing about Madden saying you know the front office you know is too analytics based and doesn't want me to have fun or whatever his quote was. I mean, everybody's got a hot take on the Angels, and after they've lost about a hundred games in a row now, I'm not sure the Angels will win another game all season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair to the Angels, and I want I want to make sure you know we we all understand this. The Angels' losing streak is maybe not of historic proportion, whatever one you know word shy of that is. It's very very bad. It's also come against some really good teams, and I, that doesn't mean that I think the Angels are going to like go out and win the division now or anything. But I mean, it is a lot of good teams. The Yankees were involved in that. The Blue Jays were involved with that. Now the Red Sox are a solid team. Um, most of those losses were all two very good teams. So whatever that's worth, a bunch of, you know, I think five, maybe one run losses in that span, four or five. So it's not that it's just all doom and gloom for them. Obviously with the injuries, that hurts too. Now part of the injuries are on the front office's faults. Um, the yeah. bullpen's not very good. That's on the front office, right? So blaming Madden for some of that is kind of silly in my opinion. And I've long talked about this offense just being so top heavy. And when you have some injuries, that bodes really poorly. So that's on the front office for building an offense that's so top heavy and I can need some extra depth. But, um, you know, what that means to them going forward, I don't think it's quite as doom and gloom as maybe the people in the Southern California think. That said, right now they are in rough shape. They keep having chances to win. They've lost two one nothing games in this series and they have another game to go. I, I don't, I don't know how that's possible. I mean, this is back to, I'm going to misuse the year, but what, you know, 1965 baseball, right. You, you know, yeah. where it's like yeah. every, everybody plays one run, you know, one nothing games. Yeah. Um, that's not the, the era that we're in now, especially this time of season. The runs are higher in June. Um, 
it'll be, it'll be a nice night in Anaheim. You know, if you want to go out and catch the game, right? Uh, Mid seventies to start around 70 to close slight breeze out around five to 10 miles an hour. We kind of see that every night in Anaheim, um, but pretty, pretty neutral temperature weather there. Uh, Nick Pavetta versus Shohei Otani. Otani's obviously fantastic. Um, ERA ballooned a little bit because of a couple of bad starts, but his advanced metrics are very good among the top of the league, and he projects to be very good. So I still trust Otani. Uh, Pavetta, you know, a guy who keeps pitching well, the model doesn't like him, but has gotten the model's at least gotten to, okay, fine, your league average. So far, yeah. he's performed better than that. His advanced metrics aren't bad, so... Pavetta is kind of like Michaelis, another case where you yeah. have to look at it and say how much of the results are real, how the advanced metrics, you know, kind of think you're okay. The model is just really hesitant based off of previous year's data. Right. Um, the truth is obviously somewhere in between that. The question you have to answer yourself is where. And that's hopefully the value that we're providing on the show is just kind of outlining some of those situations and you can make the decision based off what you think. Again, the model thinks he's very league average. So putting that input in, the model says Angels should be minus 118. Uh, right now, I'm seeing Angels minus 127, so I wouldn't be backing the Angels there. Who knows if Trout's going to play? That's obviously the big question. Right. Uh, at this point, it, I guess it seems 50-50. Uh, I'm going to go first five under four at minus 105, and I'm going to give this an A-grade pick here. I think that Pavetta, kind of like I said with Michaelis, I think the model's just a little slow on these guys. I think they're both a little bit better than the model thinks. Their advanced metrics this season are very encouraging. I love Otani. There's been two one nothing games in this series. I don't think tonight will be one nothing. The odds of that aren't very high, but I, I, the Ace Angels offense is just so weak right now. If Trout doesn't play, they're going to have a really hard time scoring. Even if he does, there's only two hitters you have to worry about in this whole lineup, and then you've got seven not easy, but easier outs. You know, so I think that at least helps Pavetta. And again, I think Otani can shut down this up and down Red Sox offense. The, the Red Sox offense seems to tee off on bad pitchers. Otani's not a bad pitcher. Um, so I'm going first five under four. I love the push protection there. A great pick for me. If Trout doesn't play, this gets even better. Even if he does, like I said, I still think it's got a good chance of hitting. Cousin Jared, what do you think? Well, you you almost just talked me into something here. I I, I stay tuned. Uh, check me out on Betstamp. We'll see if I can come around fully to to your first five under play there. The only play, uh, the only hot take I have about the Angels is, is they're not going to lose every other game. They're going to win. They are. They're, they're not going to lose every game the rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the only hot take I have. Um, so I, I really wanted to, to back the Angels because I was hoping that the odds are just kind of getting out of out of whack just because they yeah, lost so, so many games. Like last night. Yeah, last yeah. Night, a great, a great value in my opinion. Yeah. Even without Charlie, it's still great value and nothing, you know, nothing, nothing through five, you know. Yeah, and, and, and I and I guess just the, the name recognition of Otani here kind of makes you see that hey, you know, this is going to bring these odds back in line, or it's even going to you know swing it over closer to the Red Sox more honestly than, than the Angels here just because of the name recognition of Otani. Um, it's just that, like you said, if Trout's not playing, he's such a, a big part of the game. And I know these are professional baseball players. I know they're all very, very good. But at, at this point, it's got to kind of be getting in their heads. They've got to be pressing a little bit. And so even though my initial thought was I need to play the the Angels in this situation, I, I just can't bring myself to do it, especially at these odds. You made some really, really good points around the first five under. You almost talked me into it. So again, everybody stay tuned on Betstamp. I'll see if I can bring myself around to that because as as a uh, Mike Trout owner in fantasy, 
I I have the feeling he's not going to play. So I think that would bring you know even in, even more value to that number. So uh, stay tuned. I, I may make a play there, but for right now, uh, nothing for me. And and you know I think uh, what you're talking about there is spot on. Uh, the odds on this one are for, with regards to the side are are very difficult for me to parse through because. I'm exactly like you. I think you said it really well. Part of me is saying, okay, Otani's a much better pitcher. Everyone's against the Angels, and we're going to get even money on the Angels here at home with the better pitcher. Great value. And then the odds do that. And then part of me is like, oh, maybe it goes the other direction. Maybe there's uh, – it's, it's really tough to say um, in this. If, if we had one of the weaker Angels pitchers going, maybe it's an easier situation. You just say, whatever, they're – you know, they've, yeah, they've given up yeah. on the season, right? And you, but yeah. with Otani, it's like, oh, maybe there's some good value on him here. I just, I kind of just spin myself in circles thinking about the side here. Yeah. Uh, I can say which is why I'm sick of that first five under four um, pick personally. Uh, extra innings. We've got two games to talk about. The Rockies at the Giants, a 345 Eastern first pitch. Chilly day in San Francisco. Again, I know y'all are shocked that it's cold there. Um, winds blowing out to center fields, uh, 10 to 15 miles an hour. But again, what does that mean in that park? Uh, with the way the world winds swirl. Austin Gomber, not as bad as his ERA. Still not great. Not a good pitcher, but not as bad as that 6.5 ERA. His advanced metrics put him more in the 4.5 range. Logan Webb, a pitcher I don't know what to make of. He hasn't been as good as last year. Um, I still think he's better than his numbers indicate. Model says Giants minus 226. I'm not bold enough to play the Rockies on the road with a with a mediocre pitcher against Logan Webb. So, my buy point on the Rockies is probably more like plus 250. So uh, unless you see a crazy high number like that, I don't think it's worth it. I'm going to go first five under four at plus 105. I like the odds here. You can also go under four and a half at something like minus 115. Makes a lot of sense as well. I like this pick simply because I think that both pitchers are better than their numbers indicate. And so I think there's a little bit of value on this play. But it's not one I'm overly confident on. Um and I definitely have no confidence in either bullpen here. So I want to be done with this one after five, just like last night. Last night, the bullpens pitched well, but the bullpens for both these teams tend to pitch more poorly than well. Um, Jerry, do you have any thoughts on that one? If the Reds are the 1927 Yankees, the Giants may be like the 1998 Yankees, like still really good offensively. And they've been scoring a lot of runs without Brandon Belt. Um, yeah. I, I can't wrap my mind around the Giants having one of the highest scoring offenses yeah. or, or somehow just finding themselves playing like all of these high scoring games all the time. Uh, no, no analysis on the game. I just can't believe the Giants are scoring runs like they are. Yeah. And I've mentioned this too, and it's, it's both San Francisco and San Diego. And I, I saw an article yesterday that talked about how home runs are down in, in Petco. Home runs might be down in Petco, but runs aren't. No, and no. I, we, we said from the very beginning that the humidor was supposed to help San Francisco and San Diego, because there's so much humidity in the air, the humidor would actually make the balls less wet, for, for lack of a better word. Um, I'm not sure how much that's true. That was supposed to help more in the summer, but whatever's happening, the runs in San Francisco and San Diego are not what we used to see, especially come June. You know, two of these three games here for, for San Diego this series against the Mets – insane number of runs and we're into June. This is where that Marine layers kicking in those night games are supposed to be one, nothing games. So yeah, the giants and the Padres both just tons of runs in those environments. So it's a situation where I can't be overly confident, but again, I just think there's a little bit of value in the number because I think both pitchers aren't as bad, but um, not one that I really love. Cause yeah, there's just too many runs scored there for me to feel confident. Um, Alaska nationals, the Mar and six forty Eastern first pitch, Steven Strasburg making his season debut versus a Trevor Rogers who 
my goodness, I feel like the wheels have just fallen off for that yep. kid. Five eight yep. ERA, not that bad, but now projects to be below average. I don't know what to make of that. Strasburg's getting a little bit of a ding in his projection just because the fact first start of the year, um, getting a little bit older, hard to say exactly what he'll have. Um, but one good start from Strasburg here to start us off, and his projection is going to get really good. Uh, it's just hard to know exactly what he'll bring at this point. I'm going to go over eight on that one with a lean. I don't trust Rodgers. I don't really trust that Strasburg's going to go seven innings, just seven shutout innings. He can, just first start of the year. I just think there's more likely that he either only goes four or five or he gives up a few runs. Um, so I'll go over eight with just a lean there on that one. I don't know if you had any thoughts for us there. Nope. <laughs> After last night, I feel like that's justified, right? I mean, yeah. nothing, nothing yeah. game through nine innings and you're like, all yeah. right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All righty, a recap of my eight picks. I got a lot of them for you here today. I've got the Reds first five over four and a half. I've got the Cardinals Rays full game under seven. I've got the Phillies at the Brewers first five under four. I've got the White Sox first five against the Dodgers. I've got the Guardians at home against the A's. I've got the Royals team total under four and a half. And I've got the Red Sox Angels first five under four. Again, reminder, you can see all of that in the Google Sheet. Um, that's got the model picks, projections, and results. If you've lost that link, you can find that and more at the website, www.pigswiththeprofessor.com. Cousin Jared, any parting words? I think we're about 72 days away from college football season. Is it, is it about 72? Do you know that, like, specifically? I'm quite confident it's 72. Uh, it, you know, most people would say it's Labor Day weekend is the official start, but you always have that random, like, Saturday game the weekend before. Ah, yes, so, yes. I think it's about 72 days from there, but who's keeping and- do you use keeping count? I think you. I think the answer is you. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, we started the first shows, and they're still on the YouTube channel. And I mean, they look very different. Um, yes. Yeah. They're probably very bad. Like, don't go watch those people. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we started our first ever episode was Week Zero College Football last season. Um, yeah. I presume we'll do a Week Zero episode again this year. Uh, oh yeah. How many? Do you know how many games there are this year in the, in the week? No, like, no, I, I do not. If nothing else, we can have a good discussion about why it's called week zero and how that makes obviously zero sense. Exactly, exactly. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, seventy-two days away from college football—that's what cousin Jared's really here for. Until then, yeah. we got a bunch of baseball picks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That's all we have for you today. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of picks with the professor a reminder if you haven't done so yet please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we brought on this channel is dropped right into your feed i will see you tomorrow and until then remember you can eat your betting money but please don't bet your eating money